Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. Bernadine and I were, were chatting yesterday and um, she just reminded me of something and the words just didn't leave me. She said it's important to, to know the times. So, so important to, to know the times. And um, the, the scripture that, that that comes from is the sons of Issachar were, were, in, were in David's army. And David honored them. He gave them special mention because of the fact that they knew the times. They knew what times they were in. And, and there is a, they had a very, very, very special ability to discern what time they were in. Such a special anointing was on them. And I just felt like God wanted to, wanted to say this morning, it, we need to know what time we're in. To, to know the times. And to have the ability to discern what time it is. And um, the, the metaphor, the relation that that has to David is the fact that David was setting up an army as he had just become king. If you know his story, he had been running away from Saul for almost 14 years after having been anointed king. And now there was a transition of governance. There was a transition going on in the kingdom of Israel, in Judah. And, and so there was a government transition that took place. And when Jesus died, how many of you know there was a transition in the spiritual realm? One that still stands today. So just as David was gathering his army and putting people in special places, so Jesus is gathering his, his body and putting them in special That's why it's so important that we know our identity. It's so important that we stand up strong in our identity because Jesus is calling out to us. He's saying, hey, I want to place you in the right place. I want to put you in the right position. And it's a position where you're going to stand and you're going to stand firm. But to do that, you have to be able to discern the times. And discernment is not being aware of current affairs. Some people think because they know all the current affairs that they're good at discernment. I've heard conversations where people have said, you know, there's this feeling like this is going to happen in the world and we need to make decisions by that. And they think because they have the knowledge or the information that's come before them that now they've made a discernment in the spirit. But Jesus looked at his disciples before he, he went and he said, or not just his disciples, he was talking to the people. He was saying, you're so good at saying that when the wind comes from the south that it's going to rain. And that when the wind comes from the north that it's going to be extremely hot. Any Cape Town people in the room? Because we don't have wind in Pretoria. Okay, like literally, Pretoria is statistically the least windy city in the world. Say so thank you, Jesus. We bought, our two, we bought our kids, or they bought themselves kites on holiday, and we brought them back, and they're useless. 
Like if you see a breeze and you run out, it's gone. <laughs> but some people live in a place where you know when the wind, we, I mean, just going on holiday to the sea, it's like the beach transforms into different activities every day. On the one day, it's a surf day because of the direction of the wind. On the other day, it's a kite surfing day. And then the next day is a fishing day. And it's all because of the wind and the, the direction and the clouds and the atmosphere. Yeah, in Pretoria, every day is coffee day. <laughs> so maybe we don't know what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus said, you're so good. You're so good at seeing what's happening, yet you don't understand the times. You don't understand the spiritual times. I want to just clarify the definition of discernment today. That's discernment is understanding the heart of God. Over and out. Discernment is understanding the heart of God. It's understanding His intentions. It's understanding His spirit his nature, what he, what he wants to do in the world. See, as the body, we've got to be walking around speaking more about what God wants to do in the world than what is happening in the world. Does that make sense? We've got to walk around. We've got to be saying, this is God's intent for the world. This is what He wants to do. Instead of walking around saying, that's what's happening, and this is what's happening, and, and when that falls, this is going to happen, and this government, and that government, and this earthquake, and... And this, and Jesus said, you will hear rumors of wars. You will hear about earthquakes and tremors, but no one knows the time except for the Father. <laughs> so he's actually saying, it doesn't matter what rumors you hear about. It doesn't matter but what current affairs news you. Children, do you know what current affairs is? When the fridge is empty. The fridge is empty. Okay, current affairs. Okay. <laughs> when, when, when you hear of rumors of wars, Jesus is saying, don't build a depiction out of that, a prediction. Do not predict the future based on current affairs. Because no one knows except the Father. And discernment is knowing the heart of the Father. That's what discernment is. Discernment is knowing the heart of the Father. So we have to know the heart of the Father so well. Know His intent for, intent for, every, per, for, every, for every person, for us, our families, our church, our communities. We've got to know God's intent for our nation. We've got to know God's intent for our city so well that we start to walk as if we're already living in that perfect intent. That we start to live and breathe and act like we're already living in the promises of God. Because that's what faith is. So we have faith and we're activated to walk in His promises, in His intent. And we start to see things differently. We start to see the world a whole new different way. And it's an old example, but... The only way you get to know a counterfeit is by getting to know the real. You can't recognize a counterfeit until you've recognized what is real. Does that make sense? 
You can't study counterfeit money to recognize it when it comes. You've got to study real money. Because when something comes along that just looks a little different, you reject it immediately. And so Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to, to discern in the future. I'm not going to be around. I'm, I'm physically not going to be here anymore. That's what he was telling his followers. And then he said, I leave you something better, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. So he guides you into the heart of the Father. And what you see the whole time is the realness of God. So it becomes easy to reject what is counterfeit, what is false, what does not come from God. As exactly that, it did not come from God. So we've got to be trained and skilled to reject every indicator that does not come from God. If we've used anything as an indicator of the future that has not come from God, we've got to, we've got to be good at rejecting that. Yes, the world might get more noisy, it might get more crazy, it might get more whatever. You know what? It, 50 years from now, it could be 10 times more noisy. Could be. You know, since COVID, I think the world has been has gone nuts. The, the news is like, is that really in the news? Is that a real story? It's like the world has just gone crazy. Let me say this. The world without Christ has gone crazy. But let me also say this. The world with Christ has grown in this time. And so God's calling the church. He's saying, church, church, church. Those who are without Christ are going to make a lot more noise. They're going to go more ape, if I can say that. Because they don't have Jesus. But you, you, my body, my church, you have me. You have my spirit. And I want to show you what is real. And I want to show you what is good. We've got to understand God's heart and His timing. In Luke 12, you can, you can turn to Luke. In Tinas, Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> Luke 12. Verse 36. He says... Be like men who are waiting for their master to return home from the marriage feast, so that when he returns from the wedding and comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed. Just say blessed. Can you say this with me? I am blessed. Now tell the person next to you why. How you doing? I'm blessed, bro. Why? You're, uh... <laughs> I am blessed because, you listen to this verse, when the master, f I am blessed because the master came back and found me awake and alert and watching. Blessed are those, come on, blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake, alert, and watching. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself. Now this, the master will then gird himself 
and have the servants recline at the table, and the master will come and serve them. If you want God, if you want Jesus to serve you, you've got to be awake, ready to serve Him. Does that, does that make sense? I know, like Bill Johnson has said, I don't serve God. No, God doesn't serve me. I serve God. That's His posture. That should be our posture. If we want God to serve us, we have to be willing and standing ready to serve Him. Because we don't know when He will need us. We don't know when He's going to put us in that perfect position. He don't know, we don't know when He's going to promote us, when He's going to move us out or ask us to stay. I say that because I don't want anyone here moving away. <laughs> we don't know when God's going to say, now is the time, this is where I need you to serve. So what we have to do is we've got to say, Father, I'm, I'm going to be ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I am ready. I am ready for service. The church has been too preoccupied with being ready for escape. Can I say that again? The church has read this verse and they've said, be ready because the master comes and then you're going to escape. You're going to go to heaven. Jesus is going to come back and no, this verse says, regardless of what's going on in the world, I will be ready at all times to serve, to take action, to be ready for, the, to be ready for His Word, for his, his Word over me. If He's my Lord and He says, do this and do that, I'm absolutely ready at any moment, at any time. Anyone in the room ready? Can I just see a show of hands? Okay, who wants to be ready? Show of hands. Okay. All right, who doesn't want to put up their hand? <laughs> okay. We've got to have a, because Jesus died, because he rose and he went away and left us the Holy Spirit, he, he's saying, now we have to be ready. Because we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his body. We are His expression. It's so important that we understand that fully. We are Christ's expression on earth. His representation. We are His ambassadors. We do His work on His behalf at His call. That's why Jesus in faith could say, you will do greater things than I have done. Knowing that He would be working through us. Not us working on our own, doing greater things without Him. It's Jesus knowing that, man, I only have two hands and two feet right now, and I can only be on one boat at this time. But one day, the body is going to be so big, so large, and I'm going to be operating through each and every person in the body that you will do greater things than I have shown you here. Greater things from healings and miracles to raising the dead all the way through to restoring His kingdom on earth and establishing His very kingdom here on earth. Greater things. Greater things. Come on, in Hebrews it says, let's not go back to the elementary teachings of raising the dead. Anyone raised the dead in the last week or two? 
That's supposed to be an elementary skill. <laughs> Taxidermy. Okay, there's one guy. He, he makes them look like they're alive. <laughs> but, but Jesus is saying, hey, let's not go back. Well, not Hebrews. Hebrews 6, 5, 6. Don't go back. Let's not, let's not preach again those elementary preachings. Because if we're going to be the body of Christ, we've got to understand the higher things and the higher implications of what it means to be a soldier or a servant in the body of God. Everyone's still with me? When I see you all start looking at the bread more than me, I'll end the sermon. <laughs> You've got to know God's heart so well and be ready to stand up. Then he says in the beginning of Luke 12, Jesus says, But be careful, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Be careful of the ferment of the Pharisees. Jesus was arrested because he said, I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. The leaven of the Pharisees says, that is not the Son of God. That is not the Messiah. That is not the Lord. The leaven of the Pharisees says, He who is Lord is not Lord of that situation. So many of us have been in situations where we doubt that Jesus is Lord. We've been in situations where we're like, Well, if God was real, then... Where? God, where are you? And you sit in your yard and you look at the clouds and you imagine him somewhere far away. And that doubt creeps in. It's the leaven of the Pharisees. Anything that takes the lordship of Jesus Christ from his lordship in your life is, is a leaven that is dangerous. And we can't allow even the slightest doubt or the slightest unbelief to take root in every situation. Don't allow the slightest doubt. Don't allow the slightest, slightest unbelief to take in. Regardless of the pain, the trauma, the hurt, the disappointment, the failures. Come on, I've experienced hurt in my life. Yeah, and sometimes it knocks you off your chair. Maybe it makes you useless for a week as you just feel maybe longer. I've, I know what it is to be hurt. I know what it is to experience pain. I know what it is to be set back. But I know that I have to go back to Jesus every single time. Come on, I'm not preaching as if I haven't experienced hurt. I've, I've looked pain in the eye. I've looked rejection in the eye. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. But I know that Jesus is Lord. I know that... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Come on. It does not matter what you go through or have been through. When you go back to Jesus and you proclaim him as Lord, I, I, I wish there was a better sentence that, that, <laughs> that we don't, as a church, have been saying for so long. He is, he is king. He is, come on. Give him that rightful place of authority in that situation. Don't allow the leaven of unbelief. Do you know what leaven is? 
Siel deeg. Hy maak jou maag swel. <laughs> Jeest. See, just a little bit, just a little bit, gets in. Creates a mountain out of nothing. Creates more evidence to believing than what's really the truth. We've got to focus in. We've got to know the times. His times. God's times. God's truth. We've got to know it. So be on your God. I'm going to leave us with two Psalms. Psalms, Psalms. I love Psalms. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. When I asked the Lord, what is the heart for this morning? What is the Father's heart for this weekend? What are the times? What are the times? I felt God saying, it's the time to take refuge. It's the time to take refuge in my fatherhood. It's the time to take refuge in my presence. I am, God is our refuge and strength. Just say that with me. God is my refuge and my strength. And it's time for me to take refuge. Just say that with me. It's time for me to take refuge. That means let go of all the things you're striving for and all the things you're anxious about and take refuge in His presence. And then let's go to Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my defense and my fortress. I won't be moved. I I just sat meditating yesterday on this verse. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. And I thought, about that chaos we spoke about leading up to the crucifixion on Friday. We spoke about how crazy it got in Jerusalem and how busy and how nuts it was and how everyone, like I was saying, was was going ape and losing their minds. And Jesus is crucified in this craziness and then silence. Jesus goes down into the tomb. And Saturday was a Passover day. That meant every Jew was alone in his house. It's kind of like lockdown, but for one day. You remember lockdown? Anyone here remember? Can I explain? Okay. Silence. Absolute silence. Play that 
game with our kids. Let's see how long we can be quiet. Silence. Craziness. The Jews were in a hurry to have him crucified. Passover, Friday night, Saturday. Silence. And I just saw that parallel. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. And in the silence, Jesus is down into the very depth of Hades. And he's fighting a battle and he has overcome up on earth. Silence. Dead quiet. And it says that Mary and them, as the Passover finished Saturday night, it said they hurried to quickly go and buy myrrh and incense to go wrap his body. And then they went back home because now it was night. And they waited until the next morning. In that silence. And his resurrection isn't like we, on Sundays, we like, we wake up in the morning and we're like, He's risen! And the church is like, He's risen! And everyone's saying, He's risen! And our response is, He's risen! It, it wasn't like that. He, he rose very silently. Very quietly. And they came to the tomb early in the morning and He wasn't there. And they're like, What's happening? And and, and that's how Jesus rose from the dead. He, he rose actually very silently, very quietly, appearing now and then to reveal himself to a select few. But in Jerusalem, there was no big, he's risen moment. It wasn't the big, he's risen. It, it, was, it was actually a very quiet and silent happening. Because he had told them to wait until the Holy Spirit is poured out. Because he was, there was a shift that took place where real believers were being born. And to be a, a real believer, you've got to go into the refuge of God. You've got to go into the, the refuge of the quietness. You've got to get away from the madness. You've got to get away from the crowds. You've got to get away from the busyness and the current affairs of the day. Have you heard what has happened in the city over this weekend? They were saying in Jerusalem. But to be a believer, you needed to get away from the noise. You, you needed to get away from the busyness. You had to get into the silence. Listen to Psalm 62. Just I'll read a couple of verses. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my defense. Do you see what's starting to take place in the silence of His presence? Verse 5. My soul waits only upon God and I silently submit to Him for my hope and my expectation are from Him. 
Our hope and expectation is formed in silence as we wait for His voice to speak over us. With God rests my salvation and my glory. He is my rock of unyielding strength and impenetrable hardness. And my refuge is in God. I circle the word trust in. Now, now trust starts to develop. A trust starts to build in our hearts. Trust starts to grow. I lean on rely and I have confidence in Him at what times? All times. You people, pour out your hearts before God because God is a refuge for us. He is a fortress. He is a high tower. He is our confidence. And to be able to have confidence in His resurrection, we need to rest in the quietness and in the stillness and say, God, my soul has become still in front of you. Now make a joyful noise. <laughs> I just sat reading that yesterday, reading this verse, and I felt God just say, it's time to hear my voice by being quiet, by being still, by resting in His presence. It's only by the blood. It's only by the blood. Is that a good Easter message? Resurrection message. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. He says in Matthew 26, 28, I just want to go there quickly. Listen to this. 26, 28. And I say to, I say to you, I shall not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you, new and of superior quality in my Father's kingdom. What was before is inferior to what is now. And He's inviting us to partake of a new and superior quality. <laughs> superior quality. Communion. To be in communion with Him because what comes out is us, unrecognizable and of superior quality. Anyone of superior quality in the room? Okay, Etienne was first. He wins. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think anyone, everyone believes that yet. Anyone of superior quality in the room? Come on, you are of superior quality because you take a communion, a new wine of superior quality. One that is unleavened. One that is not affected by the current affairs and the ways and things of this world. I wanted us as families, as fathers, mothers, children, single people, find someone that if, you, if you're in a family, get to a family. If you've got friends in the church, make sure you're with them. But just to present each other this morning, give each other communion from the table, one that is of superior quality. Doesn't our table look like superior quality this morning? Okay. 
We could have given you a wafer, you know, and <laughs> no, this morning we want to take part. This is a prophetic picture of a communion that is superior, but spiritually what we're partaking of is something that is far superior than anything you will eat in the world, anything you will receive in the world, any advice you will get in the world. When we partake of Jesus, we partake of His body and of His blood. Blood that yields. The blood that washes. A body that yields. Just got upside down there for a moment. A blood that washes. A body that yields. But it's not just to remove what is inferior. It is to bring about that which is of superior quality in our lives. Bless you. Bless you. I'm going to... Gonna ask. Um, maybe we should worship a bit while we do that. Um, let's just do that last song, the second last song. Yeah, let's just do that song. And I'm gonna invite everyone just to stand to their feet as as the band comes up. just precious isn't it just so special this time together father we thank you for jesus your son who was broken but who rose again from the grave and he rose to draw us back to you to draw us into your presence to make all things new to lift us up into higher and better places you sent your son because you loved us. Because you loved this world so much, you sent your only begotten son that everyone who believes is saved and has the fullness of life. And today we celebrate that superior life, a superior quality life that you've given us. One that is different to what the world offers. You taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That bread is your spirit poured out on us. Your spirit just, just flowing through us. And I pray for a special anointing to rest on this body. To rest on every person standing here this morning. Your anointing poured out. Your anointing that calls us up and forward. Your blessing that rests upon us. May we be ready, Jesus to serve you so father we we just declare that we're we're blessed in your presence and and i want to pray for every person taking communion this morning that it won't just be a, a lakabriki but it'll be your bread your body broken on our behalf but what you gave is everlasting life and as we eat of your bread may that everlasting life be infused in us this morning and as we drink of your blood may you wash us completely thank you that you wash away every unclean part of our lives every unclean part of our spirit every unclean part of our thought life you wash that completely away 
and we get to drink of a superior wine and eat a superior bread because you're with us and amongst us. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I'm going to invite uh, family heads. If you're a father or a mother, you're the family leader here today. If you can come up and just come and receive for your family. If I can ask the team just to serve, help, just give out um, um, the four of you guys, just, just, to, just to help break bread a bit and just hand that out to, to the families. If you're single, come and grab it on your own. But find someone. Find someone who's alone, if you are alone, and, and just share with them and bless them. And as we just then get into a place of worship, because it's not about striving, it's not about performance, it's about the blood of Jesus Christ. It's about His body that was broken on our behalf. And I pray that prophetically, as you just pray for your families, you pray for your husband and your wife, your friends, just pray for God's anointing to rest upon them. And we're trusting just to see miracles take place in our families, not just today, but beyond. Bless you guys as you come and partake of the bread. After the service, grab some coffee. Remember, if you're visiting for the first time, there's a cappuccino on us. And uh, we just want to have community and just, just be in community with you. So bless you as you come forward. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.